Hey dads, before we jump into today's episode, I want to let you know about a great resource we have for you called the Dad-Son Challenge, 10 manly activities that dads and sons can do together. These are fun activities that you and your son can do to help both of you get better at being men that are based around the five marks of manhood that we talk about in each episode of Manly Tales. So go to manhoodtribes.com challenge where you can download your free dad-son challenge today. That's manhoodtribes.com slash challenge. Welcome to Manly Tales, stories for making men out of boys, a podcast for dads and sons to listen to together. I'm Don Ross, the host of Manly Tales, and each episode you'll hear my sons and me talk about the stories that are inspiring and teaching us about what it means to be a man. We're excited to have you listen in with us. This episode begins season two of Manly Tales, where we're talking about the Knights of the Round Table. Today's episode is about King Arthur. Let's listen together. A low fog blanketed the emerald green hills of medieval England. The gray sky matched the majestic stonework of its ancient castles. Within one of these castles was born a young boy, soon to be named Arthur. A mysterious, purple-robed figure, knowing the destiny prophesied over this boy, sought to protect him both in body and spirit. Entrusting young Arthur with a local lord, Hector, who had a young boy of his own, Kay, Arthur was to not know his true lineage until the anointed time. And so young Arthur was raised under the kind tutelage of Hector, who cared for him as his own. As much as he was loved by Hector, he was shown nothing but disdain from his adoptive brother Kay. Kay, developing an early jealousy of his father's shared love for both him and Arthur, began a deep-seated animosity towards Arthur. This manifested in much bullying from Kay during Arthur's youth. All the while, Arthur grew in chivalry, kindness, and inner strength. One day, only a fortnight from Arthur's sixteenth birthday, while he was tending obediently to the fields, a mysterious figure approached him, with flowing and opulent purple robes, a shock-white beard that grew down to the figure's knees, holding an ornate walking staff. In his eyes there shone kindness, wisdom, and a hint of playfulness. His gentle but commanding tone both warmed and bolstered Arthur as he spoke. Hello there, boy. I see the question in your eyes. Never mind who I am. This is about who you are. Do you ever get that feeling that you've been destined for something more? Your intuition is telling you the truth, boy. But you don't have to take the word of a feeble old stranger. If you quest towards the lost lake in the forest, you will find that what I and your instincts have told you is true. But I am just a boy who tends the fields. Why not send Kay on this kind of journey? He is older and stronger than I. You are more than just a boy tending fields, Arthur. You have within you the potential for greatness. Greatness to improve the lands and the people of the lands you tend. Greatness that does not just lie in strength of body, but strength of heart and character. At the end of this road is your true destiny. And with that, the wizened figure vanished before Arthur's eyes, leaving him with naught but his thoughts. That evening, as Arthur returned home, he was greeted with similar sounds as he oft heard emanating from Hector's home, that of Kay insulting, berating, and disrespecting his own father, seeking to manipulate Hector for more coin to spend on his self-serving debauchery. With how he saw Kay treat his beloved father, Arthur was resolved within his soul to set out on this quest the next morn. Arthur woke before anyone the following day, Kay still snoring loudly from his previous night's rabble-rousing and the kind visage of his father Hector sleeping peacefully. I will trust my intuition, strengthened with the character you have shown me, Arthur thought while looking at Hector, and with that he set into the dark forest before him in search of this lost lake. 
He had never traveled this deep into the forest. He heard tales of powers and creatures that lived there that would lay waste to wayward travelers. With the image of his kind father's face and the feeling that what the old man said could be true, he delved deeper. After many hours of travel, there, forming out of the mist, a hunched form limped forward. Surprised, Arthur stumbled back and tripped over a raised root falling to his back. The hunched figure scuttled unnaturally quickly towards Arthur. His face was covered in more than a few scars and warts in his body, covered in tattered and filthy rags. His eyes were a milky white, though these blind eyes seemed to stare straight into Arthur. Arthur's breathing quickened, his heart pounding in his chest. "'You're traveling to the Lost Lake, are you?' the man cackled. "'Told your destiny waited for you there, hmm? Lies! Turn back now!' "'You are who you are,' the man said dismissively. "'But if you do make it to the lake and bring me back a lock of the hair of the guardian there, "'I will grant you a wish of your choosing. "'Perhaps a young maiden whose heart you're trying to win, eh? "'Or maybe it's riches for you. "'No, it's an obstacle you want removed. "'Yes, yes, I see it in your eyes. "'You want someone removed from your life. "'Perhaps a person who has caused you a great deal of pain, "'or pain towards someone you care for? "'Ah, yes, that's it.' If you bring me the lock of this late guardian's hair, I will take care of that problem for you. And with his final words, the man's form dissipated back into the mist, just as it had formed. Arthur's racing heart began to slow back to its normal pace. As it did, he picked himself up and returned to seeking the lost lake, not knowing exactly where to go. But as he wandered through the trees and brambles, his thoughts were filled with what life could have been like if Kay weren't around. This tempting thought was tempered against the echoing words of the purple-robed figure. Greatness of heart and character. The hunched figure's offer seemed to be in opposition to this call of greatness. As he wandered further into the forest, Arthur heard some nearby rustling in a bush. Arthur's pulse quickened again as he inched closer towards the sound. Who goes there? Arthur shouted. In response, a young boy, several years Arthur's junior, stepped out from the bush. What brings you so far into the forest? The boy asked Arthur. I'm on a quest to the lost lake. The boy's eyes went wide. Oh, you don't want to go there. It's guarded by a fearsome hag who wields powerful magic. Arthur paused. Greatness, that does not just lie in strength of body, but strength of heart and character. At the end of this road is your true destiny, echoed in Arthur's mind. I must, Arthur spoke with assuredness. You are either brave or a fool, but if that is what you must, you find the lost lake in that clearing at the base of the hill. The boy gestured down. Thank you for your warning, but this is what I must do. Say, what is your name? May blessings be upon you. And the boy began to run into the woods in the opposite direction of the lake. He turned back. Oh, and the name's Lancelot. And then the little boy continued into the trees. Arthur made his way down the hill. His heart began to pound. He could feel the throbbing in his ears, his chest tight, his breathing labored. He stepped through a hedge and behind beheld the lost lake. What little son made it through the thick canopy above glistened off the water. There was an odd calm here. Yet Arthur's pulse continued to race. A shriek broke the silence, and a watery crone swirled up from the middle of the lake, spinning quickly, her form seeming to shift from liquid to solid, then a face with jagged teeth, crooked nose, and piercing eyes looked directly at Arthur, then charged. It dashed with a horrifying screech, barreling into Arthur, knocking the wind out of him as he fell. 
It circled, floating above the ground and readied for another charge. Its next scream seemed to shake the very trees, knocking loose branches and leaves to the ground. Arthur's ears felt as if they were bleeding from the piercing sound. He stood up again. He readied himself to receive another blow from the water witch. She charged again and picked Arthur up from the forest floor and began to lift him high in the air. She let loose and dropped him to the ground, but not before Arthur was able to pull a lock of her grimy hair from her scalp as she let out another haunting scream. The ground came up to meet Arthur with a bone-splitting thud. It felt as if he had broken his ankle in the fall. Arthur felt beaten. How could he withstand any more attacks from this monster? He looked down at the lock of the hair he held and thought of the promise the hunchman had made. Maybe that's my destiny, Arthur considered. No, Arthur yelled, throwing the hair to the ground. He struggled to get to his feet and shouted towards the elemental being, I am here to claim my destiny. While you may overpower me, there is nothing that will break my spirit. Even if you slay me where I stand, you cannot take that from me. The witch swirled around and charged once more at Arthur. Arthur braced himself for what he expected would be the final blow, and as she got to him, her form seemed to pass through him. It felt like he was kissed with a spray of mist and nothing more. He turned to look behind him where the form would have ended, and before him no longer stood a twisted and fearsome hag, but an unnaturally tall and beautiful woman. She looked down at Arthur with a kind smile. In her eyes there seemed to be much wisdom, and her beauty was almost too much to behold, almost as if she was radiating the sun itself. Arthur stood silently dumbfounded. You speak the truth, young Arthur. Although your body may be broken, your spirit remains strong. As she spoke these words, Arthur felt the wounds, bruises, and exhaustion in his body begin to heal. It is in that strength of spirit and character that your destiny lies. I bestow this to you. She reached her hand toward the center of the lake, and out flew a gleaming, jeweled sword. Kneel and accept this gift. Arthur did as she instructed. This is Excalibur, and is merely a conduit of the strength you already show. Remember, this is not the source of your power, but merely a vessel that enhances what already lies within your heart. Learn to trust your heart, mind, and the wisdom of those around you, and its power will continue to grow. But if you find yourself believing that you are nothing without this sword, you will find that you are nothing with it. Suddenly, the gnarled, hunched figure from before shambled through the bushes and stood next to the shining figure of the lake. His form began to shift in the light, and before Arthur now stood the wizened, purple-robed figure that set him on this quest. My name is Merlin, and you are destined to lead the land, young Arthur. Your choice to not take the easy path, and instead hold to your strength of character, will be the way in which you and others lead this land into prospering into a new era. Both Merlin and the Lady of the Lake spoke. Arise, King Arthur. Arthur arose, empowered and emboldened by the guidance and gifts these two majestic beings bestowed upon him. Arthur thanked them both and turned towards home, considering who he would surround himself with as he carried the mantle of leadership. All right. Well, wow. That was such a cool story about Arthur. Man, I don't know about you guys, but I am so excited to be starting into this new season on the Knights of the Roundtable. What are y'all thinking about it? Woohoo! Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, I, I think this is really going to be great. Super fun. Okay, well, let's jump in. What? Tell me what you guys liked about this first story about Arthur. What were some of your favorite moments in the story? 
Well, I'll go. I really think the whole like struggle throughout the story with um, Arthur kind of thinking like, should he listen to what Merlin said and go fight that lady of the lake, or should he steal the hair and go um, give it to that weird, creepy hooded guy that said he'll take out obstacles in his way, basically meaning K. I I just thought that whole struggle was really cool. Yeah, that was neat. Colton, what about you? What did you like? Uh, my favorite part was probably when he uh, battled the giant lady of the lake monster. It was super cool. Yeah. That, yeah, that was a fun scene. Just I could kind of picture it in my mind, like her floating above the lake and then like charging at him and knocking him down. Like that was just kind of fun to picture in my head. I like that part, too. I really loved, I mean, one of my favorite moments, because I just think it's super cool, is when he got the sword, right? When he got Excalibur, because I just think swords are cool, and man, that was fun. So, here we are at Manly Tales, and when we are on a Manly Tales story, what we like to do is to talk about what we can learn about being a man from the man in our story. And we do that by looking at our five marks of manhood, which are strength, courage, skill, Honor, Honor and allegiance. Very good, Colton. All right, so tell me then what uh, marks of manhood you heard in the story today. Courage. Okay, and tell like how did you hear courage in the story about Arthur? Uh, when he could just uh like you know given up and just took the hair and then giving it to the dude, but no, he didn't. He just battled the lady of the lake and then got the overall reward. Reward. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of like taking the easy way out, you know, of using the hair to be able to maybe get rid of K or some other kind of difficulty in his life, he chose to to stick it out and keep fighting for it. Yeah, that was great. That does show a lot of courage. Eli, what about you? What was a what was a mark of manhood that you felt like you heard in the story? Well, I really thought I heard allegiance because he, like, that whole struggle that he had during the story was about him wanting to take the hair to that hooded guy to get rid of an obstacle, and he didn't. He listened to Merlin, who was kind of like a, basically an authority to him because he's like a, Someone that's older than him and an uh-huh. adult. And so listening to him and kind of like following him was sort of allegiance. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Um, one of the things that I thought about, too, was just I felt like kind of along the lines of what you were saying about courage, Colton. I felt like that he showed honor in that way as well, because he could have sort of taken the easy road and just gotten rid of Kay in his life. You know, we kind of even heard like that was a tempting thought for him there for a moment of like, well, I could just get rid of this guy and then maybe things would go well for me because Kay hadn't always been nice to him. But he chose to show honor to his brother and say, no, that's not how I'm going to handle that situation. I'm going to stick through and be strong in my character as well. So even though Kay was being dishonorable to him, he chose to be honorable to Kay. And I thought that was a, a really great example of what that looked like in Arthur's life. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, okay. What then would it look like for you guys to try to live like Arthur in your life at the moment? Uh, I would say taking the harder path of maybe like in school, paying attention to my grades over wanting to play outside all the time. That's kind of a big struggle for me. And just taking the easier path of doing my homework instead of going and playing basketball all the time. 
Sure. Yeah. I, mean, th- I think that's a struggle for everybody of like, how do we stick with the things that we know are good and best, even though sometimes they're harder for us. And as men, I think that's a really important lesson to be able to learn. So that's great. Colton, what about you? What's some way that you could live like Arthur in your life? I'm just, you know, like what you just said, pick the harder path. Like if I'm ever struggling in school because I'm like, I'm just not paying attention. I've trouble not paying attention sometimes just trying to pay more attention in class and stuff like that yeah that's good i think that's awesome okay so at the end of every episode of manly tales we like to leave you with a question for the dads and one for the sons as well so that you guys can continue the conversation with each other when the episode is done so our question today for the dads is what's one area that you could challenge your son to take the harder path And the questions for the sun today is, what's one obstacle where you can show courage? All right, that's it for today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Manly Tales. We'll look forward to talking to you next time. We'll see ya. See you guys later. Bye-bye. Manly Tales stories are adapted and performed by Josh Burns. For more information about the show, visit manlytales.com. Hey dads, don't forget to download your dad-son challenge, 10 manly activities that dads and sons can do together. Just go to manhoodtribes.com slash challenge.